Greetings and suave evening. This is Dr. Brother Suave, your mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening on-air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, creator, and your divine social therapist and host of Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave. Man, what a blessing. Listen, before I start, I just want to thank God for waking me up see another day i never seen before. Thank God for waking me up with my health, life, and strength, and I thank him for another opportunity to get it right. You know, it's a blessing. Um, you know, sometimes we have these days, and I actually had a not-so-suave day today, but I'm, I'm thankful because I, I'm happy that I have accountability partners. I, I thank God that I have people in my life that can really be there for me in a time of need. This is why it's so important to stay connected. This is so why it's so important to just check on people from time to time, because you never know when you're going to need somebody to sow back into your life, man. And listen, today was just a, such a challenging day. And the reason I'm just having a little small talk before I get into today's broadcast is that I love you guys. And I say it because I don't like to share. So transparency equates to empowerment because I am human and I had a not so suave day. And you know, I'm, people who know me, I have a lot of suave, amazing, suave, cavalry words. So I'm always on a positive tip. But today was quite challenging. Um, my entire financial um, bank cards, credit union, all got compromised. Um, it was just a whole bunch of things. I couldn't get in my computer today. Um, then I had to go ahead and get my suave swag on. As you see, I'm always keeping my suave swag on. So I had to get tightened up today. But guess what? I'm two minutes away from the place. And um, I actually get running to a pothole. Real discouraging. But guess what? Again, that's why it's so important to have people in your life. I called some people and um, the individual and the brother just sold into my life and helped me understand uh, how how important it is to stay positive. And so he sold into my life. And I thank God for sowing to his life a while back. And then when I got home, man, I was able to talk to my frat brother, um, Brilliance. The brother just gave me and lifted up my spirits, man. I just, I'm happy, you know. So I want to give recognitions to um, a barber, um, James Miles, and my frat brother, um, the success architect, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So me getting off my little soapbox. And so um, I'm just happy. Um, thank you, Loretta. Um, suave evening. So anyway, um, I just wanted to share that because I, I believe in sharing. So tonight we're going to be talking about a very sensitive subject that I think that um, the news is not covering it. But this is um, dealing with human trafficking. Um, it's a what a hundred and fifty billion dollar business. I mean, I never knew. You know, you know, getting prepared for today's broadcast, um, I had to do a little research just to find out about it. So it was just incredible to learn that this is a huge business. I posted a couple of videos dealing with sex trafficking, human trafficking. So I'm going to be sharing some information, but I'm going to be sharing it from an expert, a person who's um, been doing this for a while. So what I'm going to do is just talk about this brilliant person. But before I tell her the name, this person um, I, I met maybe 20 years ago. And I remember um, at the credit union, she was always helpful, always professional, but always empathetic. And, and she showed a lot of uh, passion. And so that lets me know that she was a passionate person is obvious because her passion is for people. Um, and so it just 
it's just like, man, it's just incredible. So I'm just going to forget all this soapbox and stop going into it. I'm going to talk about her. So here, the person is um, Sandra K. Gibson. She's the NCNW National Human Trafficking Committee Chair. Um, she's uh, worked with the Florida State Legislation um, in proposing human traffic trafficking education bill in 2019, a policy adapted by the Department of Education, making Florida the first state to teach human trafficking education in school. In September 2020, Dr. Jonetta B. Cole, the NCNW National President and Chair, appointed Miss Gibson to the position of NCNW National Chair of Human Trafficking Committee. Um, and now, Miss Gibson, she was she's a survivor of us. Uh, child sexual abuse and domestic violence. She is the mother of uh, Dr. Tarika McCall, Darrell McCall, and Kevin McCall, and the grandmother of Jaden, Darrell II, and Deanna McCall. Her mantra is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4 and 13. So without further ado, let's welcome the passionate and brilliant Sandra K. Gibson. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Sandra. Welcome. Here this evening, I'm humbled and honored to be here and um, listening to your day and, you know, the end. It's not the beginning. It's how we end it. Yes, yes. Note. It ends on a suavelous note. Oh my so goodness. I almost, yes. So I must commend you for that, my brother. And, uh, you know, we go back a long, long way. Yes, we worked for Dane County time. Credit Union. I remember you yourself was a very passionate person. What you do, serious about your money, right? <laughs> Still is. So don't mess with his money. <laughs> but I'm so humbled and honored to be here this evening on behalf of the National Council of Negro Women, which I've served, I've been serving since 2012. It's a prestigious organization that was founded by none other than the Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune in 1935. And, you know, NCNW is an organization of organizations. So yes. you can't get better than NCNW. But I'm so honored to be here tonight. And um, I'm looking forward to digging and to share. You know, one of, um, so one of our, um, our famous, I must say, one of my favorite leader was Nelson Mandela. He said, Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Yes. So you yes. go ahead and let's dig into it and let's educate the community, our village on yes. trafficking. Yes. So um so again, um when I try to prepare for a show, I mean um, first of all, I want to say uh thank you, Tonda, thank you, um brother Fred Jones, thank you, brother Wally. Um, I, I'm happy. It's a great topic. It is. I agree. Um, listen, so anyway, so before I do a show, I try to do a little background and, and I did a little research. I posted some videos about sex trafficking, human trafficking. And, um, and it's just so amazing that they're not showing this stuff on news enough when I find as a $150 billion business. So what I wanted to say before we transition, I wanted to, uh, understand how sex trafficking and recruiters recruit uh recruit their victims i, I did some research i have my own 
questions, but I just wanted to get your perspective. How they how do they recruit their victims? Well, listen, they are out there, they're in the malls, mm -hmm. they are in the schools, mm -hmm. they are at the games, wherever people are, they're looking for those young persons more than anything or or more than anything else that's vulnerable. Yes. The runaways, the homeless, mm -hmm. the desolated, those are the ones they're looking for. And false hope, they'll tell them that, you know, put on a rose cover, colored glasses. I can make your life better. We can find your love. Things are not going well at home. Hey, we can make it better for you. Yeah. But guess what? It's only a talk. And yeah. I hope you have a lot of teenagers. If folks that are listening this evening, I would like you to pick up the phone and have the teenagers to, you know, tune on in because more than anything else, they are our number one victim right now. Mm -mm -mm. Yes. Yes. And when you were saying they everywhere, I was reading something um, today. Now this was shocking, but not shocking. And one of the things that when we look at society at large, one of the things that we tend to give a pass is the church. We say this is a sacred place, the mosque. This is a sacred place. This is the one place that people should feel safe. But more and more, based on what I was reading, this is where a lot of recruiters are. When people are, you know, when they could, they said uh, one of the ladies in the article was saying that they can see that they're vulnerable. Um, they can see when they hurt. They always going up asking for prayer or they're sitting on the side of them crying and, mm -hmm. and, and they, they, they observe in their body language and they come up to them and saying, you seem to be worried. You seem to be upset. And they, they make them cause they're vulnerable. And it's they yes. and so they say, it's like a, I think it said a buying time, a yes. buying time. Yes. And so, and then they offer them to say that, well, I don't have any money. I don't have anywhere to go. And bam, mm -hmm. right there in a place where they feel safe and they don't yes. even think that, a person of the cloth or working in the church will even do something like that. Right. So as you know, the church have the devil in it too, right? So they come, as you said, yes, it happens in the churches also with folks coming and watching the body languages, seeing if the person, you know, as you said, always going up for prayer, you're crying, you're troubled, you're vulnerable. And you're in a stage that you really, that's when a person really need helps. And it's so sad that that's when they're taken advantage of. Yes. So even in the school, I must share something with you. Okay. Even the schools, I never, ever thought human trafficking would be in the schools. And um, I never forget, about, about five years ago, uh -huh. I was with an organization, a police organization, Noble, and we decided to go into the schools. We used to do a report card check on the, the, you know, the students report cards, see how they're, they were doing. So mm -hmm. my group was majority young girls, ninth graders and 10th graders. So while I was there, yeah. they, there was these young ladies that came up and, you know, they had on their little shorts, they didn't dress like they were going to school. Mm -hmm. So when I looked at a report card, the first thing I look at, and this is a red flag also, listen up, mm -hmm. the absentees, right? Uh-huh. They were absent, I mean, 45 days absent from school. The grades were D's and C's. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, talking to them. 
you know, bonding with them and feeling them and they're feeling me. So first I asked them, I said, well, um, how's everything going at home? You know, and they'll tell me, well, you know, my dad left, you know, my grandparents, one young lady told my grandparents, one's just raising me right now and they're disabled and, you know, things are not going too well there. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you plan to go to college after you graduate from high school? I said, oh no, Miss Gibson, want to be a stripper like Diamond in the movie Player, right? She said, I want to be a stripper. I said, mm -hmm. why do you want to be a stripper? She said, it's quick money. It's mm -hmm. quick, quick money, right? So, okay, I spoke with her. I said, have you heard about human trafficking? No, never heard of it. Second girl came, the same thing. Third one came, fourth one came, the same thing. So I have no knowledge what human trafficking is all about, mm -hmm. right? And one of the places, believe it or not, is the strip club, right? The strip wow. clubs, hotels, those are some hot spots that they pick up um, these young ladies from and young boys. Boys are not exception from it. But mm -hmm. when she told me that she wanted to be a stripper and four of them wanted to be a stripper, I in turn decided to make a call to my favorite school board member, Dr. Bendros Minigal, and said, yes. we need to do something immediately, ASAP got the school board involved. It took up in no time, bam, the school board had it in their curriculum that human trafficking is gonna be taught in Dade County schools. Thanks to you. Well, it was a group effort. It was a lot of us at the table. We had to get NGOs on board, you know, and we decided to go to Tallahassee and say, hey, hmm. we cannot, you know, because if we, we were trying to figure out how we're gonna go from city to cities okay st petersburg okay mm -hmm. we're gonna go to calera county we're gonna go to duval county it'll be a lot of work so we decided to go to up to tallahassee to speak mm -hmm. to our lawmakers and i never forget getting on that bus another group going up to tallahassee and i decided to tell my story yes because i myself did not know that i was trafficked until i learned what human trafficking was about. So a lot of persons may think human trafficking is just sex trafficking. No, you have domestic servitude, you have child forced labor, you have the organ harvesting, you have the forced labor, right? So I fell in the category of forced labor, right? So when I look back and see, I said, okay, what are some of the red flags of being forced labored? Was one of them is being these undocumented immigrants, right? You come to this country, you're undocumented. So your mm -hmm. trafficker is going to keep your undocumented, right? Yes. In order to child forced labor into selling drugs or whatever, not, you know, you have sex trafficking, you have drug trafficking. But once it's forced, human trafficking, understand, and I want you to understand this, what is human trafficking? Human okay. trafficking is force through force, Modern day slavery, it is a trade of human beings being forced, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of exploitation for labor, sexual purposes, or organ don't organ transplant, right? Organ don't organ harvesting is a crime under the federal law and international law. So under forced labor, I fell on that. Category. So I decided to tell my story to yes, the legislators. 
Then nice. it went all the way through the House. Then it came to the Senate, went all the way through the House, we, clean and clear. It came to the Senate, it stopped at the Appropriation Committee. And that's when the Department of Education stepped in and said, listen, we're going to take over. And they decided to make it a policy that human trafficking education be taught in the schools from K through 12 in the state of Florida, 67 yes. counties. That was a huge milestone. Yes. And um, the thing is, I I want to tell you, thank you for telling your story. I hope you continue on. Um, it's just incredible like uh, that it takes one person. I always say potential without initiative is nothing but a conversation with yourself and others if you don't do anything about it. So you 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 had the potential, but you took the initiative and your initiative as well as the other and the people who supported you changed the lives uh, of millions. You know, and, and it's hopefully that the rest of the country get on board. Yes. Because lives are important. It's not always about money, but lives are important. And I think we need to prioritize what's important. And um, and I thank you for it. I thank you for uh telling your story. I I I, I I'm giving you um, recognition, praise. I, I honor you because again, a lot of people are not brave enough to even tell this story, you know? Um, and um, it was a question I had because again, it was so many different ways of human trafficking. And so I was reading um, like, like with human trafficking, when you said force and chorus, see, it's a difference. Some people sit there and say, well, they just a prostitute. No, a prostitute has the option to quit. Yeah. They can say, I don't want to do this anymore. That's but right. when you human trafficked it, they they make you 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 don't get paid, and they making money off you, mm -hmm. and it's fear and intimidation, intimidation and control. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's and the recycling process. The human being, the body of the human, can recycle. You can make yes. they can make at not for I mean Profit, six, seven, eight thousand dollars per night, ten thousand. Yes, because it's just recycling over and over and over and over. That's why it's hundred and fifty billion dollars mm -hmm. annual. Yes. Yeah, and, and and I also read that they start they start so young. They got yeah. I mean we're talking about young and then if they're they're um oh I'm not I'm sorry. We're gonna have to take a quick commercial break and yes. then we'll come right back. Great.
we're back. Sandra, listen. Well, we left off was talking about um their background. Some of them coming out of um out of different countries. They're young. And so to because it's a stereotype in my opinion. So a question that I have you, do victims always come from a low income background? Definitely not. You have the middle class, the upper class, the lower class, all kind of class. These children, and we had, I've talked to survivors who came out of homes that they are wealthy, right? Uh -huh. However, okay. in that home, there's some kind of lacking. Maybe mom is working night shift, dad is working, pulling hours. They're, you know, they're pulling some heavy shifts. And the child is just lacking of attention, need love, attention, need caring. We have the, the, the main persons who are vulnerable, though, is the poverty. And, you know, in our neighborhood, not yeah. our neighborhood only, because when I do, we may think it's only a black thing. No, uh-uh. Human trafficking does not have any color. It does have any status. So anyone can be trafficked, Right. So what I would say to parents right now, you may be in a high society, low society, keep your eyes on the children, especially during this pandemic, the social media platform. Mm. They are there. They are lurking on Twitter, uh -huh. Facebook. They're there and they're coming up. You know, you don't know who is behind the scene, right? They're, they call, they have a thing they call catfishing and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I know a lot of persons know what that means. Someone just, they, they're pretending to be good people back there who want to help your children. But on social media right now, <coughs> cyber sex, you'll be surprised. Cyber sex is on the rise. Wow. Right now, they are on, um, they had a backpage.com. It's shut down right now. But law enforcement, that's where they used to go and arrest a lot of persons used to get caught on that page. Because pornography and then our use, they on social media, the parents don't know that they're on there all hours of night. They know, oh, they're just on their phones. No, they're making plans. A lot of them are making plans even to go out with that person and their parents don't know. Yeah. I'm in a situation when I was in high school and been in foster home. Even the foster homes are a prime place because those, those young girls in there are looking for love. They're looking to make a quick buck. I remember being there and our foster parent used to go on the bed and at nights the girls used to just hop out the windows. They gone out and they'll come back at six o'clock, get dressed and go to school like nothing happened. They've been trafficked. They out there being trafficked. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So it just, it just, it's, the, 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 it's wide open. It, it could be anywhere. It could be the church, the schools, foster homes, in a community, anywhere. It's and always wherever, and wherever we're having it, like for example, in California, when I was looking, you know, I do some mm -hmm. research, Joe. We have folks out there in California on the ground working where the Super Bowl went. Wherever you have a large event, mm -hmm. they are there. Sporting event, that's where it's set up. I know now wow. in Miami, we have the Formula One is coming in May, right? In a couple months. Okay. So they're already setting up Airbnbs, hotels, massage parlor, nail shop. Yes, they're setting up, right? The girls now up north, 
it's, it's winter time. So guess what? We have a lot of runaways getting on buses. They're coming, they're hitchhiking, they're coming to Florida because that's the best way to make some quick money, right? The formula yeah. coming, but guess what? We are in the schools. We have partnered with law enforcement agencies like Miami-Dade County Police Department, and we're going to be in the schools educating the students on human trafficking awareness and letting them know how to look for the signs, what to do. The hotline to call, 1-888-373-7888. That's 1-888-373-7888. That's the number to call if you see any signs of anyone being trafficked or if you have any suspect. If you see something, please say something. Yes. Okay. So um, here's... Here's um a comment by Brother Wally. Um says please watch the secret of Playboy on AE. Hugh Hefner has has decades of long history of abuse of women who are wealthy but confused sexually. Mm -hmm. It said the money they receive set the standard for more abuse. Yes. Wow. And so here's here's a, a question. So by what means, because you he was mentioning something to this effect, but by what means do traffickers control their victims? Because he just mentioned about money, so I can I can really picture that. Mm -hmm. But I I don't think that the not human traffickers are is not money because they're not reaping those benefits. So tell me how did how do they um, control their victims? Because it's definitely not money. They control their victims, as I said. Those young girls are vulnerable. They're looking for love. Mm -hmm. So they control them by love, fear. They put fear into them, right? So they're going to, first of all, they confiscate all their identification. So if you meet someone who's been trafficked, they're going to, they don't have any IDs. Whoever is over them, their pimp, their Don, whoever, he has an ID. So they're controlled, right? So what they do, controlling them, power and control, mm -hmm. emotionally, they break them down, right? And the fear the fear, they drive fear into them. When a person is manipulated and, and broken down emotionally, they get in their head and break them down, let them know, hey, if you leave, we're going to kill your parents. We're yes. going to... That was my next question. Yeah, there's our threats. They get a lot of threats. They are beaten. Mm. And there's a lot of movies that I've watched on, I mean on Netflix and prime video. And sometimes you must take the time and go and watch and look at those movies. They are those girls and those boys, they are, especially young ladies. They are, I mean, under some heavy control. They're being handcuffed. We have survivors right now that told us they were under there mentally. The latch was there. And the young lady said she didn't have the power in her. She was so afraid to slide that latch, but she said one day, she built up that confidence and she was trafficked from, she was 11 years old till she was 21, right here in Fort Lauderdale, in Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, Miami Beach. Wow. So it's safe to say that the the, the traffickers are so brutal. They're like the elephant. I mean, they're so brutal. So they instill fear in them. They have the IDs. Mm -hmm. They say, if you, you, you think this is a beat down, the same thing that I do to you is going to be worse with your family members. Yes. And I know every everywhere, everywhere they, they at, where they go, where they work at, 
and everything. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they, they could be right next to home and, yeah. and afraid to go. That's right. Some of them is just right down the street. And that's the point. A lot of them, you know, survivors I talk, they're right in their neighborhood. And at parents, mm-hmm. you may see those missing children. And I always wonder when I used to see those missing children, you go to post office and you see those missing children, you see their faces and they're missing. A lot of them is just right in the neighborhood being trafficked. Wow. Yes. So when, so this is the one thing because, um, I, you know, we about for us, by us and, 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 um, we control our own agenda. So when we look in at, we know it's not a black or white thing, mm-hmm. but because I'm concerned about my people. Mm-hmm. So are we more at risk than others? Yes. yes. Yes, we are. 59%. Yes. Mm. Yes. Our population, 59% of our population is being trafficked. Yes. The numbers are high on our people. Yes, they are. And because of the poverty level, you uh know, the poverty level is number one, the single parent home. When you look at the homes and, you know, the broken homes, you know, Uh the, you know, over and you know, Mama Yusuf, um, and most of these children. Let's go back. If we look at the the pattern, right? So you look mm-hmm. at a child. Most children who have been sexually abused as a child, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're sexually abused as a mm-hmm. child, th- their self esteem is low. That child have not been to therapy. So you look at a child who's been sexually abused, and you look at this child, teenage. They've been, you know, they fall in the hands. They got with some, you know, friends. They just want to be a part of the group. They get caught up in trafficking, right? And even some of them, even before they got trafficked, they've been in a situation where they have been abused, domestic okay. violence, right? Mm-hmm. Physically, emotionally, right? And these are the mm-hmm. ones that are prime that are mm-hmm. being trafficked because they're already, they're easy tasks because they're already broken. They're already mm-hmm. been, their self-esteem, they're already been beat down. Yes. So to them, how, how, how low can I go? You know, there's no up for me. It's only down. So it's, you know, they are the one that they're looking for. The ones that are walking around with their head down, you know, don't feel they're being bullied, you know, Mm -hmm. those children. So in the homes, and I must go back, and you said you talked about our village. Yes. To get our homes back. Yes. We have to win this war. We have to do this together. And the only way we can do this together. It's to educate. Yes, educate. I believe that. And you started is talking about education. So Tracy yeah. Randolph was saying uh, it's because they feel that we're expendable. You know, I mean, and so um, I think that's what she said. But anyway, you have a, a next one says, oh, it went off. <laughs> it says we have to get back to the to protect our village mindset. No excuses. And that's, that's exactly right. what you're saying. We that's have right. to. And, and that's one of the things with uh, neighborhood planet mm-hmm. is our planet, our network, mm-hmm. our, our people, and so we mm-hmm. want to address those issues because if, if you're looking at things that affect in our community, affecting us individually, is affecting right. us collectively, and so we have mm-hmm. to educate ourselves. We have to protect. The, we have to protect and educate our own. And you have to. So and another people. thing, we have to. We have to cover. We can't say, well, this is our neighbor's child, so hey, that's how no. they are. No, it takes a village. To raise a yes. child. I remember right. raising my three children and it took a village. I had to step away. And, you know, I was working at a credit union. While I was working at a credit union, I could have gone and got a better job. But mm-hmm. guess what? That was banker's hours. 
being a single parent, I need to be home when my children get off from work. Yes. Right? So mm -hmm. it takes it takes a lot of sacrifice, right? If you're Absolutely. a nurse, sometimes when you're a nurse in some occupation, you got to work 11 to 7. Mm. I've known a lot of young ladies, 11 to 7, while mom left, 12 mm -hmm. midnight, they're gone. Yes. They come back at 6 because mom come back at 7. Mm -hmm. you know, so those children, you, you we have to go back to the basic and say, what is important is yeah. a job, is sacrificing. And, you know, listen, my paycheck used to go to pay my rent because mm -hmm. I lived in, I want, I moved from east and come back a little bit west, close to credit union somewhere, an environment mm -hmm. where my children was, you know, I felt they were safe. Yes. My daughter, God bless her. And she's a professor at Yale right now. She has a mm -hmm. PhD. She have an MPH and she have an MBA. She's a professor at Yale. Go on with her bad self. Yeah, thank you. But it didn't come that easy. I remember in high school, Suave, at high school, I had nine scholarships for track. And my last yeah. semester, I was pregnant with my child, with my daughter. And being undocumented and pregnant, that's double whammy. Where am I going? But I decided I was going to turn the whole situation around. I started educating and starting being a part of my children's life at home. I didn't leave it up to the school only to educate my children. Yes. So whatever you put in parents out there, that's what you're going to get out. So sacrifice now and you'll see the results. And I'm so proud of Tarika being a professor yes. at Yale. And she said, mom, we need more of our people. I don't see much of us at Yale University. We need more. We yes. need more black professors professors at Yale. Your child also, can be a professor. We also need true warriors, warrior queens like yourself. Um, Brother Wally acknowledged you as a, a true warrior queen, man. Listen, Thank you. you know, see, and not just that, not just being brave, but, but being because it was a question I was going to ask you, and mm -hmm. it said, How can we as a community help prevent um human trafficking? But again, staying to the basics. Yes. Raising our children, educating our children, mm -hmm. and not just our children, but coming together collectively as a village. And, yep. and a lot of things that can help us in so many different ways, not just human trafficking, but just empowering our entire community. And then and they won't community. fall in that situation, right? Yes. Again, this is why, uh, you know, this platform, um, Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave, we want to do healing from a social, spiritual, and clinical perspective. Mm -hmm. And 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 so... um. The next question I have for you, how are teens typically recruited into the human trafficking situation? Teens. I know you mentioned teens earlier. Right. But how do they focus on them? Teens. Traffickers lure these teens in a number of ways. Often, as I said before, they hang out in the malls, on the street, or the public setting, and on social media. The number <clears throat> one place where teens are lured is social media because they spend a lot of time on social media. So guess where the traffickers are going to go? On social media. And guess what they do? They use their own peers to recruit them. They're not going to use me and you because we don't speak their language. They hire their peers. We'll pay you $500 a day to bring in two girls. Okay. Really? 500 of two girls? Wow. Okay, how much I can bring in a week? Right? Okay. So that's yeah, how it works. Of, yeah. That's one of the strategies. You don't have anything. So that's the strategy. 
just so to bring that, them in. You don't have to do anything but bring them in. So and uh, how do they bring them in? Hey, hmm. I know where you can make some money. I know where you can make um six hundred dollars a day, Ooh. and um just you know all we gotta do is go down to this um this gentleman's house. He got a big nice house, and um all you have to do is rub his back or rub his feet. They're not gonna get into the sexual. I've heard survivors will tell me that's how I was learning. They told me I could make a lot of money, but it's going down there and cleaning the house or something. It doesn't go a lot. Next thing you know, they, they get there. They're, you know, come on in the room, you know, Hey, they're not going to say exact, take your clothes off, rub mm -hmm. my feet. And I, I don't know if everyone watched that movie with, um, the biggest guy there that we took down the other day. Right. Uh huh. He he had those girls rubbing his feet and rubbing his back, and then it went into you know sexual. And these were all minors. We're having sex with this grown man. You know, I see why he he, he couldn't live with himself. He had to commit yeah. suicide. You mm. know, so mm. it, they they learn they use the peers, and the peers is the number one person they use to recruit yeah. these girls. Yeah, I, I did read something about it because. Um, because they have people who already control mm -hmm. and they say, listen, if you want less abuse or less being terrorized, you better bring some people on. You know, I said, I use you as a recruiter as opposed to having you out there working. Right. But that's your work. And so one of the questions by Fred Johnson, and he was saying, how can you detect a human track, human traffic victim from a person who's a willing participant? Well, human trafficking, remember, we got to go back to what is human trafficking. They're forced, right? Mm -hmm. For They're exploited. So how would you detect them from a regular? They, you'll see them, they're walking around, right? And say, for example, you go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Someone is standing outside waiting <laughs> for them. Mm -hmm. Their head is down. They're not going to look at you eye contact. They're going to avoid anyone avoid in contact. law enforcement. They're going to avoid, you know, contact, eye contact. They're going to be brand either by tattoos or they're going to burn them with cigarette and the branding usually be on the neck. Most of them get the branding on the neck or in their back. They brand oh, yeah. them. Yeah. And they're self, those are, and, and a lot of them are low selves and they dress. They're not gonna. You're not gonna see them walking around and looking professional. They're dressed. They, they look. I remember <clears> seeing my. I remember coming in contact with my first survivor, mm. and she wasn't. I mean, she was looking just poor. And it was on a. And it was on a university campus. It was the FIU, because I was up doing a presentation on uh -huh. domestic violence, human trafficking. At the end, this young lady just ran from the back, and she came and she hugged me. She was crying. I said, are you okay? She said, I'm running. She said, I've been out of trafficking for six months. I said, what happened? She said, my father trafficked me when I was a child. And then he sold me off to a man which came, my boyfriend, and he trafficked me. And she was able to escape. But she was still in the front. When you look at her dental work, her they, they, they don't go to the doctor. They don't allow them to go to the doctor. They don't allow them to go to the dentist. So they look really beat up. She had, she was looking very, I mean, and we had to go and get clothes for her and, you know, deodorant and all those, you know, hygiene stuff that she needed, but she was looking very rough. Wow. Yeah. A lot of them is, you know, and they're, and they're timid, very timid. 
Mm -hmm. Wow. And <laughs> just it's incredible. Um, listen, I, I, I know that you um, are the chair <clears throat> and I got your title. But what does NC NW mean? <laughs> Yeah, the, the NCNW is yes. the, Nas the National Council of Negro Women. Uh, okay. It's a it's an organization that was founded by Mary McLeod Bethune in 1935, and our mission is to empower, lead, empower, mm -hmm. and to educate women of African descent as they care for their family. So NCNW, most campuses we have about we have 260 community base. We have 500 collegiate sections. We have 160 youth sections in the high school. And uh, the thing about what I, what I, when I came across NCNW, what I was very unique about it, it was our people. It was our women like Dr. Dorothy Height, um, Alexis Herman, Dr. Janetta Cole, those Don't women, you know, Dr. Thelma Dale, those women who are strong black women leaders. Yes. Sitting, whose shoulders we're standing on. Some of them, you know, Dr. Mary McLeod is gone, but we're standing on. <clears throat> they were the trailblazers. They are the one who make the pair of the gate open, open up those gates so we can come in. So NCNW is an organization that I must say that is taking the lead. Our affiliates, as you know, the sororities are, you know, they're on board, they're our affiliates. So we're made up of the Deltas and the AKs and the Zetas and the AME churches. We have 26 affiliates under us. So we work together and we, what we do, we collaborate and we partner with NGOs, with other organizations to get this job done because human trafficking one organization, you cannot do it by yourself. So okay. we partner with law enforcement agencies and other organizations into getting this job done. And right now, I know we're getting, right now we are on this red card campaign, mm -hmm. which is so important. The red card campaign. Yes. What is that? Back in 2019, the FIFA mm -hmm. Cup. I know a lot of, you know, I know a lot of Americans. I'm a Jamaican, so, you know, about mm -hmm. soccer. You know anything yes. about soccer? In soccer, when you get, when a player get a red card, mm -hmm. you get thrown out of the game, you have did something derogatory, very bad. So you're kicked mm -hmm. out of the game. So what the FIFA Girls Cup um, Soccer Club decided to do, they partner with NCNW and the African Renaissance Network and said, we're going to give a red card to anyone we see committing any violence or discrimination against any women or girls. Mm. So what we're doing, we're collecting pledges and by the year of 2022, which is this year, November, the end of November, we should have 1 million pledges signature. So we're asking folks, if you're on this evening, go to redcardpledge.com and make a pledge, sign that pledge that you will give a red card to anyone you see who is committing any violence, any discrimination, against girls. And that includes human trafficking. So you're doing justice. So you asked me, Sandra, what can I do? I just gave you a task. 
easy task, right? So if you can do that for us tonight, go to www.redcardpledge.com and take that pledge. You'll be wow. doing justice for me, for you, Brother Suave, and for our village. Yes, yes. It's on the scene. It's right there on the screen. Listen, we need that. We need that. Um, because again, this has been this country has a lot of a long history of discrimination against black folks, black women. I mean, so we this 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 should go nationwide, you yes. know, because yes. it's in every city. Um, I, I was talking to a brother the other day. Um, he was saying, um, I think it was um in Vegas. He was saying Vegas, you don't see it because it's one of the tourist places, he says, but they have so much discrimination there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but because people don't look at it that way, they just say, I'm just going here to gamble. And it's right there under your nose, just like um, human trafficking, right there under your nose. Right under your nose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the top, and the thing too about Florida, a lot of Florida, California, and Texas, those are the top three states. And one of the reasons persons may ask, well, why California? We got to remember the borders, right? Yes. Yes. That was. And we got was... immigrants coming in. And a lot of those nail shops, you may go in and you get your nails done. A lot of those persons, they're there on the domestic servitude, even from my beautiful island <laughs> of Jamaica. We have a lot of persons who are being trafficked through domestic servitude. They are brought in this country. They're undocumented, they're immigrants, and they're undocumented. So guess what? They'll someone will hire them in the home. And hey, you have to work to pay for your you never finish paying for that plane ticket that got you here. Mm -hmm. And you're working for pennies. Because guess what? You're undocumented. So where are you gonna go? I remember that's the threat that was over my head as a child. I came here when I was. 14 years old on a one entry visa. When I came to this country and I walked into my father's house, he said, well, this is how we live. And how we live was selling drugs. And here I I was so traumatized because here I am coming from Jamaica and Mm -hmm. coming from a Christian Mm -hmm. home. But I didn't have, after my three, my visa was up in March, 1979. I had no, I mean, I was, I was a legal alien. So guess what? They they did not. They had their, he had his residence, his wife. My stepmother was a citizen. Mm-hmm. But they kept us undocumented for that reason. So they can traffic us, right? So you keep that person undocumented. Every time we act out, they said, oh, we're going to call U.S. Immigration. Keeping you? that over your head. Yeah, hold it over your head. <laughs> We're going to call U.S. Immigration on you. So what do you do as a child? You are fear, you know, you're fear. Told, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to. You don't know that to say, you know, that hey, they'll be getting in trouble because I'm a minor, right? Yeah. So un- the persons who are here without any papers, number one target, one of the targets also for domestic servitude, <clears throat> you yes. are under, I mean, there come, I mean, you have to, and every time I heard, this is the way we live. If you're going to stay here, this is what you're going to have to do. So I ran away from home twice, but mm-hmm. I had to come back home because when you go to the foster homes, the girls were trafficking. And that's what I'm saying. With the system is broken. 
The system is broken. Who comes to the foster home and interview the girls and find out what's going on? Who monitors those foster home homes? Yes. The system uh, is broken. It and is we have broken. to fix it as a village. Yes. Um, it's some questions that I have to ask you dealing with a particular population. We're just going to go into our last commercial break. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to come back with those questions. Okay, so um, on the commercial break, it was saying some things change, some things stay the same. And when you're saying the village, things will stay the same if we don't work together collectively to make some changes. So I just want to say that. So the, the things I was thinking about, it just hit me just now. And I'm not singling out a particular group, but I think everyone has seen it, but didn't think of it as human trafficking and involuntary servitude. And this is the places that I always see very full, business always booming, but when you look at them, it seems like nobody's making money except for the owner. And this is the, the um, nail shops and Chinese restaurants. Because China is very far away. And, and I'm thinking about you say, you will never pay for that plane ticket. That's right. And I'm like, wait a minute, these people are working. And I'm like, how come? I'm like, there's no way they got all them licensed. But I guess the owner makes so much money and so much profit. They have somebody they connected to give these people license or whatever. Cause I'm like, they how? You know, who works there and make that little bit of money and taking care of their family? But it's obviously something's going on. Exactly. And a lot of them, when I, if you do talk to them, a lot of them don't even speak English for one thing. There's a language barrier. A lot of them haven't been home. If you ask them when they've been home, they'll look at you like, you know, they don't, and, they, and they're not happy. And you said passive, very passive, no eye contact. No eye contact. They look down, they do their job and they go on to the next one. Yes. They're not having a conversation. The owner may have a conversation, but they're, they're, they're not allowed to speak. That's one of the spots. Yes. The nail shop and the, the massage parlor. You know, the massage parlor, that is big, huge. And now our Airbnbs are on the rise because persons can make, imagine a four bedroom Airbnbs and you fit, you get like 10 girls in Airbnb for one week, right? For Formula One. Yes, I'm speaking. That's the plot, right? Mm -hmm. And you get those girls, mm -hmm. 
they're working round the clock. Mm. Folks, pay attention in your neighborhood. Nobody paid attention in mine. Y'all didn't see those cars just coming and going, coming and going. You see cars just, when you see cars coming and going, coming and going, especially you live in a black neighborhood and you see these other color folks coming out and going up in the house and going back and forth. You see the, you know, teenagers walking up and down the street, you know, going back and forth in this home. Something is wrong. Ding, 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 ding. Lights on. <clears throat> Lights on. Thank you, bro. Pay attention. Pay attention. In the military, they say attention to detail, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I know you was a you was a <laughs> military man. I was a military <laughs> spouse. I hear it all the time. Yes. Attention to detail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going on. It's going on in your neighborhood. Yes, I'm talking to you. Mm. You may live in that nice person. It's <clears> going on in your neighborhood. Yes, your and blind the funny thing we least expect, and that's what the crime is. Those are the people making the money. That's right. You know? Your blinds is closed. You come home. You drive up in your driveway. You close your garage door. You close mm -hmm. your blinds, and guess what? Human trafficking is going on right in your neighborhood, and you just mm -hmm. don't know. You're mm -hmm. not. No one is exempt. I'm sorry. Yes. So um, I'm going to ask you about two more questions, and then we're going to go into um, a few other things. So how did you become an advocate for human trafficking awareness? I mean, I know that you say you was a survivor and you had experienced the, the, the work part, but how did you become an advocate? You know, sometimes people, they, they you know how people experience certain things. They just don't want to go back because it could be traumatic for them. It could be triggering for them. So how did you become an advocate? I mean, or make even yeah, I, I got passionate when I had a trip at a school, when I went to a school and okay. saw myself in those mm -hmm. teenagers and say, I have to do something. I am the lifeline. I have to save them. I have to sound the alarm. I have to use my voice. I have to give my testimony. I cannot look at another Sandra and not do anything. I cannot speak up and have these teenagers in therapy and wait till they're 40, 50 years old to get therapy while their lives have been broken. Mm. And they can't speak because no one spoke up. It's scorned in our community. How yes. dare you speak of human trafficking? How dare you speak of child rape? How dare you speak of child sexual abuse? How dare you speak of domestic violence? Mm. That's mm. not welcome at our table. No, it's not. Grace to our family. How dare you speak? But if we don't speak, people, guess what? Our future is over because yes. the youth. They are our future, and <clears throat> we are going to be held accountable. So that's how I became an advocate when I saw those young girls at that high school, and they told me they wanted to be a stripper. I wasn't so, better than them, was I? Oh, no. Because guess what? I was selling drugs as a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. Only thing they're selling their bodies. Same selling, same human trafficking, no exception. So, in other words, you are your sister's keeper. You better believe that one. Yes. And that's a part of National Council of Nigger Women. Yes. We're a sisterhood and we are sisters' keepers. Yes. So, um, what resources out there for survivors? You know, they have like when people get out of prison, they mm -hmm. try to have resources for them 
but what resources that they have because they got this stuff in place in terms of our educational system mm -hmm. so obviously they had to create some resources for them for for survivors yeah so what on each, each each states we have in each state and if you're in florida mm -hmm. if you are in georgia we have the job training programs okay faith-based organizations who have set up like food pantries for them mm -hmm. clothing dress for success most persons what what's going on is the ngos the non-governmental organization they have stepped up big time and i have to give them credit for that to help these survivors therapy that's number one and i know you specialize i know that um you know social therapy i know you talk a lot about that we have the welfare system we have the um the department of children and family mm -hmm. we have other agencies when you call the human trafficking hotline, the one 373 all yes. the resource, they're direct, they get that, they on it, right? Where are they? They pick them up. They find mm -hmm. a safe space for them. Mm -hmm. That, you know, means safe space, just like how with domestic violence, they put you in a, a safe space. They make sure they get, first thing they have to get medical treatment because a lot of them that I've met, living with HIV AIDS and they didn't even know they had AIDS. Yes. So listen, now that's good and fine for those who are citizens. But what about the immigration, the immigrants who don't who are undocumented? They don't want to get rescued. So no. what are, what resources do you have for them? Cuz it has to be underground and and the, how, the NGO, how do you deal well, with that? that's that's where the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, they help everyone. And they don't they report them. They keep them protected. They do keep they help them, them get citizenship. Uh, do they get therapy like everyone else? They get, they get therapy uh, with the citizenships. You know, we still battling with that. That's with the U.S. immigration, and that's a different matter. That's a different story right there. But they are able. They give them their aid. They, you know, they have doctors on site. They they get care. They're yeah, not, but, you know. They're not set aside and no, but a lot of them are not going to come forth because as I said, just like myself, on documents, you're going to be in hiding. Yes. So a yes. lot of them are out there are, is in hiding. They are, you know, they're being trafficked there. A lot of them are in homes where as I said, the, the domestic servitude, like in Texas, the numbers, mm, yes. when you hear, when you hear human trafficking, yes. I tell a lot of people, when you hear human Thank trafficking, you, that um always think about this when you hear human trafficking numbers high in texas high in california don't always think about is sex trafficking yes then look at the numbers and do your research you're going to find it's the domestic servitude the forced labor because remember they're on the farms that's where i know you know we have down south we have down the redlands you yes, know where those farms are in florida yes. Florida You'll City. find a lot of them um, being trafficked there mm. because guess what? They're here. They're Mexicans who came oh across the border. Now so I'm what thinking they about do, the they tomato field down, down, down from, yeah, and they come all the way down to the Redlands and they're there and they're working on those farms day and night for little and nothing. Well, thank That's you. That's human trafficking. A lot of persons always tell people, do not always think about sex trafficking when you hear the word human trafficking, think Thank about you. organ harvesting. You see sometimes children come up missing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
they're missing children. And sometimes they find these children, they don't have no heart. The organs are, are, are they're gone. Mm. And this happened in China, the UK, because we have um, someone on our committee in the UK and that's what she specialized. She's just into the organ harvesting. Okay. That's what she that's what she focused on and her research is on. And yes. she's bringing awareness because the numbers are high there. Yes. In China, yes, the numbers are high there. Yes, yes. Because they sell these organs on black market. Mm. Plenty, plenty money. Yes. Right? You're on a waiting list to get a heart. Yes, I, I saw an episode of um the cleaner, the cleaning lady, and, and it was yeah, it's expensive too. So again, they never pay that debt back. So, um, Sandra, thank you. Uh, I want to tell you, my, my sister told me on here, she said, thank you for sharing your story, Imelda. You're welcome. Um, listen, thank you. Thank you for sharing. As I told you guys, this was a mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening experience. I uh, thank you guys for coming on um, Planet Network. I mean, um, oh, my God, I'm just messing up. I'm sorry. The Planet <laughs> <laughs> Neighborhood. Planet. I am always messing up on that. But listen. I thank you guys for coming in. I thank you for uh, my guest. Uh, she educated us on, on human trafficking. Um, listen, Sandra, I'm um, thank you. Can you tell them before you leave any, how they can contact, how they can join? I know you gave a few, but I would like you to give those numbers. And yes, um, the human trafficking hotline, 1-888-373-7888. That's one 888 Lock that number in your phone and the red card campaign. Remember, mm -hmm. do this for me and do this for our brother Suave. Go to the red card pledge, red card pledge, redcardpledge.com and pledge tonight. If you have pledged, put it in the box. Share with us that I have pledged. And to join National Council of Negro Women, you go to ncnw.org. That's Nancy Charlie, Nancy Walter dot org and become a part of this movement it is a movement yes, we need it is. You, and we appreciate you and i thank you for what you're doing and thank you for this platform tonight for me to share every time i get an opportunity last month was human trafficking month and listen oh we were in jamaica we were all over the place virtual yes. and in person getting the word out there bringing awareness and that's what it's all about thank oh. you so much for what you do Audience, thank you for being such a great audience. We love and appreciate you. And thank you, guys. Um, again, this is um, Dr. Brother Suave on Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave. Um, thank you. Just remember, great minds reach great places. I love you, and I mean it. Bye-bye.
This program was made possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you.